Welcome back to another episode of Conversations with My Dad. This is the first one that I, Nate Fleming, one of the people on the podcast, actually answer a question about myself. It's very weird and I'm not used to it, but this is a more contemplative episode. We talk about some deep topics, some heavy things. We get into a little bit, uh, but I think you're really going to enjoy it. Something that I want you to walk away with is will happen, happening, happened. And if you don't know what I just said, listen through. Me and dad talk about it. Thanks for listening. Talk for me. Talk for me with your body. With your body, talk for me. Mi casa, su casa. Mi casa, su casa. Su casa, mi casa. Nothing like a TV dinner on a Thursday night. We used to have TV dinners where... You sat down and, and opened up the little thing and sat, sat in front of the TV with your TV dinner. Did you have a tra- do you guys have trays? Like, yeah, um, we had a tray. Like, like a fold thing, you know, it would fold up. Yeah, it would go, like the legs would go underneath the sofa. Right. And it would it would come, yeah. Well, they had one brand like that, but no, ours, ours would fold out almost like a uh, folding chair. And then you would sit down with your plate on top of your TV dinner plate. Were those made for- of wood? No, they were uh, metal. Okay, because I'm. You did I have some made of wood, yeah. Nerma, Nerma, they would always have those uh, TV dinner tables there because when, when everybody would be over, you you'd grab one if you didn't get a seat. Yeah, overload. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like all, all the adults got the nice table, the young kids got that little kids table, and then <laughs> everybody else was either stuck with holding it or you got lucky to grab one of those foldouts. Yes, or catch somebody when they went to the bathroom. Exactly. Yeah. So okay, we're we're heading in the holidays. What are some memorable Thanksgivings you got? You got any fun Thanksgivings? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. like that laugh. <laughs> yeah, fun Thanksgivings. All the Thanksgivings were a lot of fun. We would mainly get together with Grandpa and Grandma. Uh, everybody would be at our house, and usually Thanksgiving toward Christmas, but Thanksgiving especially because uh, that was more of a sacred holiday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Why was Thanksgiving sacred <clears throat> compared to Christmas? Huh? Why was Thanksgiving sacred compared to Christmas? I don't know. It's more solemn or something. You know, it seemed like you, you didn't want to be as festive as at Christmas. You you would be festive, even though that's <laughs> that's Christmas Day. Christ yeah, was, that's weird um, that Thanksgiving is the more solemn one. Yeah, everybody was cool. Everybody came over. Usually, the weather down here was pretty good. Up in Boston, the weather would be wicked. Uh, you know, you could go in and it'd be really nice and. Then you step outside two hours later and you had, you know, about a foot of snow on the ground almost. <laughs> it's wicked out there. Yeah, yeah. This is sweater weather. <laughs> sweater weather. Because yeah, you got to wear sweater. Yeah. Yeah, you always got to talk about that. You know, who got the turkey? What's a, um, what's a, a memory you have uh, from being a kid during Thanksgiving? Um, I'm trying to remember was at the time when um, Aunt Hattie threw the plate of spaghetti across the room. Let's go ahead and hear it. Let's that was kind of crazy because daddy and her got into a verbal argument and she told daddy, you know, she would hurt him. And he said, well, come on, hurt somebody. Then if you're going to hurt somebody. And Aunt <laughs> Hattie picked up the bowl of spaghetti that we were about to eat and we watched it go across the room like a flying saucer. <laughs> and then we see the smash on the wall and all of our spaghetti was there and we didn't have anything else to eat. <laughs> yeah. I think we had canned goods because back then we used to get the government food. And we would get the government cheese, the government milk, uh, the government peanut butter, and some sort of a meat in a can. I, I never really liked that meat in the can. It was, 
as you just open up the can and it wiggled its way out. Didn't really like that. We tried to swap that off. Yeah. Was that the was that the name of the brand, Government Cheese? Yeah. Yeah, the, the government cheese. It must have been a company out west that manufactured all that stuff and put they put it together. It was just a gray can. You got the big gray can that said government property and everybody in the neighborhood. And we'd swap sometime if you if you like that funny looking meat, we would swap the meat with um and we get the cheese. And the cheese could last for a year, shoot. It just sit out. <laughs> She'd get a little green on the end, just cut that cut that off and go on and eat the cheese. Or if you smoke the cheese, that was good. Yeah, government so, cheese. Is that government cheese right here? Government cheese, buddy. I'll tell you, it came in a pack. It was some good stuff. Three packages of government cheese. Yeah, a lot of people in the hood, a lot of people out the hood lived on it. You know, there were more people with a little money buying that stuff or getting it than you could shake a stick at. It was created to maintain the price of dairy when dairy industry subsidies artificially increased the supply of milk <laughs> and created a surplus of milk that was then converted into cheese, butter, or powdered milk. Oh, yeah. I hated the powdered milk. Yes. But, I mean, the, you know, doesn't sound good at all. Well, they didn't really call it government cheese. They call it government. Gov, oh, you're right. Go government. Government cheese, just like loney. You know, it's not baloney. It's a loney sandwich. <laughs> loney sandwich? Loney. You got to hit your loney burger if you ever come up toward Cumberland. Old Pop Reed up there, he got the loney burger. <laughs> What's a, a lo like a baloney burger? It's a baloney burger, but they called it loney. You know, people. Enunciations in the hood really is it varies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just say it whatever. Oh, that's yeah. funny. So you had uh an Aunt Hetty's spaghetti incident. Are there any that, other incidents that happened? Not really. No, everything else was pretty cool. Um, I know one Thanksgiving we we um we was uh let me see, where did we say we were at forty eight twenty three Old Brook Road. <laughs> no. 4823 Brook Road. Yeah, the, the, the Brook Road near the, there was a mall right across the street from our house. And um, one day we all went outside for something and we left the dog in the house with the ham. And we came back in and the dog was tearing that ham up. He's up on the table. Sandy, <laughs> Sandy was eating that ham up. <laughs> yeah, that that's the house. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's that right there is 4823 Brook Road. Yeah, because next door, I forget the guy. I forget his name. I really won't mention it, but he would always bring us the hot meat. He um, he drove for a company called Gunno's Sausage, G-U-N-N-O-E-S, Gunno's Sausage. <laughs> so he would, he'd always have extra meat at the end of his run, you know. And he said, look, I got extra, and I'll sell it to y'all at its half price. And we said, well, shoot, you know, if you got extra, you know, we don't want to steal nothing. But if you got extra, we'll take it. And that's how we got our extra nice sausage. He had some really good stuff. I swear, Gunno is a funny <laughs> logo. It's just got. Let me describe this for our <clears throat> listeners right now. At the top, it says in black Arial font, "Real Country Flavor," and then on the left hand side, it's it's all hand drawn cartoon. And the background is a farm. And the <laughs> foreground is what appears to be a red headed child with freckles. He's white with a yellow hat on, and he's carrying a pig that I believe has corn. Yeah, has corn in its mouth. And he's just walking with a pig, and then it says Gunno's Country Sausage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They chose a redheaded kid. I don't understand why. I'll, I'll tell you another neat, neat company I always thought was Valleydale. Valleydale, I think they were a meat company, but it was Hooray for Valleydale. Hooray for Valleydale. <laughs> yeah. That Wait, was Valleydale yeah. had a commercial? Yeah. They were almost like the, uh, the other Stop. one. Yeah. 
You hear now? That's the Valleydale commercial. Now, now there was one more that I thought about, and I said, okay. "This guy, he was a black-owned company up in Baltimore, Park Sausage, P-A-R-K-S, and he would holler, more Park Sausage, Ma." Everybody <laughs> included their mother, because <laughs> I guess they were the ones that cooked. Okay, here we go. You see that Let's one? See. This one's audio only. More Park Sausages, Mom. More pork sausages, please. P A R K S, the pleasingest sausage. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That's the whole thing. <laughs> well, you know, the, <clears throat> the guy that owned that was a black guy, and no, I, I think know. I think he bought it in '41. He he wanted to buy a building. They wouldn't sell it to him. They wouldn't sell it to a black man. So what he did, he got a white lawyer to go in there and buy, purchase the property, get everything, and then they said, well, we need the owner to sign it. He said, okay, he'll be up soon. So he comes up in his limo, I believe, and. Um, they said, what? He bought the building? Yes. It's a done deal. He just needs a signature to roll with it. And um, that's how Park Sausage kept moving. I think they went out in the maybe the 80s or 90s. I don't think they're still in business. I don't think so either. No. He passed away in 89. Did he? Yeah. yeah he, was, he was a courageous dude. Henry G. Parks Jr. Yeah. yeah. It was so many dudes. Uh, the Parks family, for some reason, the name is very strong it's just like um uh gordon parks i think gordon parks was a writer and a photographer he caught a lot of uh very notable scenes like i think during uh the kennedy times and the king times yeah gordon parks jr really yeah. cool dude yeah yeah yeah, yeah he, a lot of photographs and stuff yeah yeah really big really big. yeah th this is this is one of his like I, I've seen this before. This is one of his photos right here, Gordon Parks. Oh, cool. Very he's great. got he's got a lot of really, really good photos, honestly. Which it's funny that we're talking about photos on an audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy these. Yeah, I guess it photo B. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, really good photographer. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, he caught some neat scenes. Civil rights scenes and all that stuff. Yeah, he's he's really good. But a guy that really shouldn't be forgotten. There's so many figures, black and white, that mm -hmm. made up America that should not be forgotten. That's the nature of it, though. You just yeah. you end up with so many people, it's hard to keep up with everything. Yeah, yeah. 83, how about that? Yeah, what's 83? Have you had any major accidents? Um, no, no, no major accidents um, throughout life. Uh, slid off the road in the snow. I was able <laughs> to drive myself out. That's back when I had that car that didn't have any brakes hardly on it and I'm riding around the wintertime, you know, <laughs> just lock it up. I, I didn't know what was going on, but something was wrong with the front brakes where they weren't working. And when front brakes on a heavy car don't work, it tends to push you into the snow bank or the, or the ditch or something, especially in the snow. <laughs> but um, No, I never really had, I did um, have one truck jackknife on me. I bounced across on, on in Maryland and um, it jackknifed across the uh, Severn bridge. And uh, I think they call it Severn River or something like that. But I hit leaves, wet leaves on the road. And the truck just slid around right into the trailer. And Dang. that's the night we were headed up. Um, a matter of fact, that was that was the night that my brother uh, 
got killed. Yeah. And mm. we didn't know it. You know, we was heading up toward Boston. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, no, no major stuff. Just, you know, a little fender bender slid and hide your plane on water or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most accidents happen when you don't pay attention. That's why I try to pay more attention with driving now, even with everything down in your hand, you know, everything in your hand. And then the amount of people on the road who are also not like it's, it's yeah, also them. Yeah. They're just watching for their exit. And if they see it and they're in the far left lane, then it's time yeah, to go drive right on past, do whatever they got to do. Oh yeah. So then uh, one of the questions on here is uh what is it? It's at the bottom. This one is, uh, I think it says, is there something you've always wanted to do but haven't done yet? Something I've always wanted to do and haven't done. Probably just get in the car and be able to drive across the country and stop whenever. You know, maybe take six months and just just go. Haven't been able to do that yet. Oh, that takes a little bit of planning and stuff. The most that we've done is, you know, across and back in, what, two weeks or something like that. Yeah. But I love to just go places that nobody else has been in a while and check it out. Like hit Yellowstone, bounce down around New Orleans, um, down to the uh, Mexican border, up to the Canadian border, and just take time riding through old roads or back roads, especially up north if you're way up in the, um, Montana and you just, especially in the summertime, <laughs> you do not want to do that in the winter. Because you'll end up on a road that you'll starve to death because they didn't find you quick enough. <laughs> yeah, and you can't and you can't do it. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean most most of that I'd done in a truck, so I just would like to go back and see what changes some of these places have made. Places like Missoula, Montana, who when I was out there in 79, 80, it was a cow town. You go around, you go into town and you cut through a few lights and you're on the backside and you go off the highway twelve and you drop down the bottom near the nude camp. And, um, yeah, they, they, they had a, I think it's like a 9% grade you dropped off of. And at the bottom of the hill, there was a big pull-off. And I'm like, why would anybody have a big pull-off like this? And I said, well, maybe the guys like to fish. And the one guy says, no, about a mile and a half up in there, you got a nudist camp. <laughs> he said, this time of the year, you got an 85-year-old lady, so it's not a whole lot to look at. <laughs> hold on that, especially with a lot of rattlesnakes up those roads, too. So didn't really yeah. got to get into that. <laughs> yeah, they, they have people out there called bounty hunters and all they do is you know on their off time is go out and hunt for rattlesnakes and then they sell them to the um to the labs to to drain the uh, venom or they'll sell them to the chinese restaurants the chinese love those you know they chop a little snake up and make poo poo platter out of that well i don't i don't know how true that is but <laughs> okay well you know they they sell they the guys that told me they sold to a lot of oriental restaurants back then they probably still don't do as much now <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was your favorite food growing up? Um, probably hamburgers, hamburgers Just, or sloppy joes. I loved sloppy joes. I loved hamburgers and cheeseburgers. We we enjoyed cheeseburgers and maybe a chocolate shot shake. Chocolate shot, just a yeah, shot of chocolate. Not a shot of chocolate. Yeah, that a chocolate shake. Well. Wasn't there a time where you were supposed to get a chocolate shake, but someone else? No, not someone else, my sister. You know? <laughs> yeah. It was always always the same, you know. We we go, we leave school and we go down to the local uh drugstore, and the drugstores were set up where you went in the drugstore and on one side they had the pharmaceuticals, on the other side they had the little deli. So we'd pull ourselves up on the little chair, the little round chairs that they had, and uh we'd sit down and Lana said she would have a cheeseburger, I'll have a cheeseburger, and we'll have potato chips, 
and she had just enough money for a frap, a vanilla shake. <laughs> she says, I would get you one, but we don't have quite enough. I think we had like a dollar sixty-five, and that was that was gonna, you know, get everything. We we might have had a couple of pennies left for like some nickel or dime um candy. The candy, if you had a nickel, you you got a bag of candy that was just crazy. You just ate it all before you got home so nobody else could get none. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had one friend, Steve Harris, down here. Steve was like that. Steve would uh, eat up the candy so his brothers and sisters wouldn't get any. <laughs> We'd go to Farmville, and on the way back, Steve would start gorging. I'm like, what is going on? I'm just eating up my candy. I said, yeah, you don't want nobody to have any, do you? Well, Steve was a pretty <laughs> cool dude. Lost contact with him over the years, but he was still a pretty, pretty cool cat. Steve Harris, the candy eater. Steve Too bad Harris. you didn't get your milkshake. That sucks. Nah, every time. You know, she never had enough in the budget. I think she might have been Ken DeB- Biden or so. There's not no budget here. <laughs> oh, for, man. For <laughs> Shoot. But uh, now there's so many. I mean, we had we I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine today, and um, that was kind of cool. We we're talking about um, people, relationships, vehicles how you develop relationships with your vehicle. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it really happens, I think, with the big trucks, like the guys that are really into their trucks. They have a bond with the equipment that's really, um, they can't define it. And after a while, they're on the road six days out of the week, and they're at home with their loved ones one day a week, and they really love the vehicle. They just can't wait to get back to the vehicle. <laughs> you know, forget the family. So, yeah, we we talked about that, especially in, you know, male, female relationships, um, or husband and wife or wife and wife or however it goes. But, um, you know, that truck, you know, when you crank that thing, when you turn that ignition on and you hear that turbo crank up and that big cat or that big Detroit's humming to you, maybe that Cummins growling and all. And then you throw that thing in gear and you ease out the yard and you're getting up speed and finally you're up around 18 speeds and you're happy for a while. Now, if that truck has a problem, you can sense it and you run all week and you're just enjoying it. And then you head it back toward the house and you get in, you put her in the yard. And as you walk away from that truck, you turn around, and look at it fondly. And then here's your wife standing up there with her hair undone. So you're thinking, wow, can't wait till I get back to that truck. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, mom listens to this, right? I know. I, know. I did that as a joke. We, we, oh, man. we, we never, no, but, but I was talking to a person and they were saying, how, oh, you know, uh, my man, don't look at me or nothing. And I'm like, he's in love with his truck. They said, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, but he ain't looking at you. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a relationship there, but you have to wake up one day. And, and mom woke me up one day. She's like, like, Hey, you know, you got five kids and a wife inside and you're out here washing this truck. She said, you need to take that thing and take it to the truck wash. <laughs> Do not do it in the yard no more. That, so I would not watch a truck when when you guys were home. Now that that makes so much more sense now. Why you would get up very upset when we were washing the truck with you to help, and we would do one thing wrong. Why we would get the brunt of it? I get it now. Yeah, it's it's a love affair mm-hmm. with with. It's crazy how the it's a piece of metal. Yeah, you know. But um, you can sit back with that thing, and you can be going down the road and. Just like when you're, when you're going out west, when you get past Arkansas into Oklahoma and you shut the truck off, you can hear a little bit of a change. When you get out in New Mexico and you spend the night, you crank it up the next morning, that, that motor will change. The electronics in that engine will change because the air is cleaner out there. Mm. 
of this motor adjust for pulling with cleaner air coming into it. And when you run out west and when you drop off the hill going into L.A., that motor will shut down and constrict in some areas because it's picking up the smog. Interesting. It's interesting how, you know, your, your power lowers it because uh, of the smog. So some, I mean, that's my Some could say that you, uh, you as a person also run based upon what you're taking in. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like I know broke down once in um, when I blew the motor once in um, Albuquerque and I had to rent a car. So I went to the truck dealership and dropped the truck off. And they said, well, it's maybe 10 blocks. I said, shucks, I'll walk to the rental place. And I thought I was going to die of a heart attack because I couldn't breathe. So I got to the place and I, oh my gosh, I might have to call an ambulance. And the guy said, what's wrong? Are you out of breath? I says, yeah. He says, yeah, you're, you're higher elevation. The air is thinner here. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't bother me now, but back then it, it really, really did. Yeah. Cause when we went to Santa Fe a couple years ago, it, it, it was nice. Real nice. I got really good fuel mileage on the vehicle too. 33 mile a gallon. <laughs> yeah. For that size vehicle, you know? That was good. I thought the first thing you're gonna say about it being nice was like the experience you had or the the things that you were able to do. But no, what was nice yeah. about it was my truck got better fuel mileage. Yes. <laughs> and then we met this Jamaican dude. He's up in Santa Fe. And uh he came all the way from Negro Beach. And he had a little food truck, really, really good vegan food. Had a little hole in the wall, little trailer sitting out there behind a person's yard. But uh, that was a nice experience to meet him. And that's where we had heard about the museum down in um, Alabama by this lady. She was an attorney and she had just retired. And she asked us, had we ever been to the uh, Legacy Museum down in, uh, what was it, Montgomery, Alabama? Mm -hmm. And I said, no. She says, oh, she says, that will bring you to tears. And she was right. That, That one in there was a whole lot different than when you see a regular museum or just like yeah. the Smithsonian, you know? Yeah, that's true. That one hits you right in the face, yeah. But I think that's what I'd, I'd like to do, just just travel around and chat with people. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's kind of kind of neat when you can talk to people. People do not like to talk nowadays. No. They, they no want to go in a store, mm-hmm. get the stuff, and get out. But you have some folks that have got conditioned to not talking, like older people, but they really would like somebody just to respond to them. I think it's human nature. Yeah. Because I know that one lady that um, I talked to the other day, you know, she had her hair just nice. And as I was walking in the store, she was walking out. And I said, your hair looks nice today. And she kind of freaked out like, okay, what's this guy up to? And she got to the car and she hollered. She says, hey. And I said, what? She said, thank you. <laughs> I said, cool. But yeah, you, you think about that. The one lady I ran into that time at um, Home Depot. I think I told you about that one where... She was looking for the guy in the paint department. No. Yeah, I was sitting there. And I, I told her, she said, do you know the guy? I said, yeah. I said, he's a, he's a black guy, and his first name is Homie. <laughs> and the last name is Depot. I said, he's a Frenchman. She says, what? I said, yeah, go over to the black lady at the customer service desk and tell her you'd like to speak to Homie. Homie Depot. <laughs> so she, she went over there. She was like in her 80s. So she walked over, and she's like, ma'am, ma'am. And she says, yeah, what, what, what do you need today? She said, I need to speak to Homie over in the paint department. She said, what? She said, yeah, Homie Depot. She said, the, the guy around here said for, you know, that was his name. She said, no, ma'am. She says, our coats and our, our uniforms say Home Depot. Home Depot. The guy was just messing with me. She said, where is he? And she turned around looking for me, and I waited until she came back over there. Then I stood out, 
and looked at her and she started laughing <laughs> and she laughed and she told me, she said, that was a good one. She said, I haven't laughed in 10 years since my husband died. So you think about that. You had a small impact on somebody. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Homie Depot. <laughs> she didn't catch it. <laughs> you can make everybody laugh. It just depends on the angle you approach it at. Yeah. Homie, homie Depot. Yep. And the, the thing that makes people laugh is the, the little truth or honesty that's locked within. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what this world is about. It's about getting things together. It's about, especially this time of year, people are rushing and rushing and mm-hmm. cursing people out just to get home and have a little peace and quiet. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, why are you going off on these people? But uh, that's the nature of, of the human mankind, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So what's new in your world? You know, I think that might be the first question about me, this whole podcast. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we introduce Nathaniel Fleming <laughs> coming live out of Florida. I mean, take it away. Or, or your, uh, oh, mm, Nathaniel. Job going I great. I can afford where I live and it's a whole entire house to myself. Uh, a far cry from last year this time where I was just scrambling to get my life together. So it feels nice to be stable. I found out that in December I'll be getting paid a lot more money than I thought I was going to get. So I'm getting like two times my salary next month, which is great. Wow. Um, things are, yeah, I think it can't, there's nothing to complain about. I've started living my life as if I have the things that I need when I need them and I don't worry about anything anymore. Right, right. And and the unique thing about it, if you did stress out back then about not having anything, mm-hmm. then you realize that stress was for nothing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? And, yeah. and time is a construct. So at any point in time, I have everything I need. I have whatever I have yeah. from the quote unquote past and whatever I have from the quote unquote future because it all exists at the same time because time isn't real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everything only exists right now. That's it. So that means that everything is existing now and also not existing now. Not exist. Wow. That's deep. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we're in the twilight zone. <laughs> it's, but I mean, it's true. Like, the, I watched a cartoon that taught me at the end of it, it there's a song that they sing called uh, Will Happen, Happening, Happen. You and I will always be back then. And that's like the chorus they sing over and over again. Things will happen, things are happening, and things have happened. And no matter what, everything that you've done, gone through, experienced, seen, or felt is either going to happen, is happening, or has happened. And you will never lose anyone because you will always have back then. So there's, there's no need to hold on to anything. There's no need to be stressed about anything because it will happen, it is happening, or it has happened. And then you do. Yeah. Wow. And you and I will always be back then. You're no one can take your memories away. And even if they could, they can't take away the fact that you experienced it. So oh, yeah. always yeah. there will always be that time. There's so much that we don't remember about what we've done, you know? Yeah. So it, it that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist or it didn't happen. It just means that we don't remember it. But you will always have that. Period. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So that's well, that's pretty cool. That's where mm-hmm. I am. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> sounds sounds good. It's um it's like you ever done something and you said to yourself, I've done this before. <laughs> yeah, similar to that. And that must be what's happening then. Mm-hmm. 
because you've done it before somewhere. You just can't remember or connect to where it was. Exactly. Man, that's kind of deep. But, um, and that's why yeah. I'm not worried about anything. Cause if I don't have the money, then I'm not meant to do something. Oh, well, this is true. Yeah. So if you don't have any money to go to Mars, you just won't make it. Yeah. But and I don't have that on my list to be honest. That's a one-way trip. That's not your bucket list. Yeah, so that's a one-way <laughs> trip. That's if, uh, that's if I'm done here, you know, if I'm done with this earth, I'm going to head. Well, pretty much what they do is they blast you off to Phoenix, Arizona <laughs> and leave you in the sand. Then you wake up, you look up, Oh, those guys are illegals going through. Oh here. man. Yes. Uh, Mars has the same problem the USA has. Oh, here's a good question. What do you think, other than your kids? You cannot answer kids. You cannot answer family. We know you're going to answer that. Blah, blah, blah. What do you think is your most impressive achievement? My Right now, my most impressive achievement is living to this age. <laughs> you know, that's an impressive achievement. You know, because I really didn't eat real right over the few years, but I've tried to come back around to where uh, my health is um, number one. Good. And then um, I think just achieving the fact to, and a lot of people look at that and say, oh, that wasn't a real big achievement. You know, driving across country and being able to um, have your own equipment, maintain it, mm -hmm. and not go broke on a steady basis. <laughs> you know, that's a big achievement. A lot of guys really take it lightly, but um, when you see, you know, you got to pay a truck payment of twenty one fifty a month, yep. and uh, you mess around and break down somewhere, and the record charges you ten grand to tow you five miles, and then sometimes you show up black, and they charge you another five thousand because you showed up black. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the way it is, buddy. You changed colors, and so did your money. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, I find humor in everything. It's uh, you have to. Yeah. But I think just um, just like I say, living and being able to uh, tackle projects that I probably never thought I could handle. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you make mountains out of things. And then you start, you know, I'm back to reading books right now. I will have to get back out to where I'm uh, exercising better. But that's going to come in the next few weeks. Yeah. Honestly, you should just get in the habit of after you eat a meal, take a walk. Well, at night I don't because of the wild boar out here. So I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I, I won't do it out here because of the wild boar. We've got like three mini pigs running around up in the western side of the county. and You just never know when they're going to come on down and want to bite you. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, not really that. <laughs> you could just. No, but we do have a bear running around here somewhere. So I think I'd rather walk. Um, if I eat in the morning, I'll walk around. I won't be doing too much at night. Well, they, they say that if you walk after you eat, it'll help control your insulin levels. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. so help stops your yeah. blood sugar from spiking, which is good. It is good. But if you step outside at night and there's a bear there, you don't have to worry about nothing spiking. You're leaving. You know, he's going to eat you. <laughs> Not necessarily. He might just give you a bear hug. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. I just wonder. That's why I kind of stop burning trash at night. I just wait till the daytime to do it. Yeah. Because he'll be sitting there saying prayer and I'll be thinking, why are you praying? I didn't know bears prayed. And they'll be like, be quiet. I'm saying grace. <laughs> uh, did you hear about oh, the uh, the bear that ordered a beer? No. He walks into the uh, he walks into the bar. He walks to the bartender. He says, I'll take two beers and uh, one for the road. And bartender said, why the big pause? And he said, oh, I was born that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the string that slid into the bar. 
he saunters up to the counter and he said, I'd like a beer. And the bartender looking said, we don't serve string here. Get out. So the string went on back outside. A little while later, he balled himself up. He come on back in and rolled up on the counter. He said, I'd like a beer. And the guy says, aren't you that string that was here earlier? He said, no, afraid not. I, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for the afraid not. I knew it was coming. It took everything in me to not say it with you. That's an old, that's an old one there. That's a good one. That's a good one. Be afraid not. I was talking to a lady about uh, La Brea Tar, Tar Pits yeah. tour today, too. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was fun. I remember that one lady that stuck her finger in the tire and then rubbed her pants leg and wondered why it wouldn't come off. <laughs> so, ma'am, do you realize that's like tar on the highway? <laughs> yeah, but this is at a museum. This is not supposed to be on the permanent. Okay, somebody dip her in the, in the, in the, in the black stuff, please. Someone drop her in there for someone to discover later. <laughs> yeah. Because like what they said, that one lady, the only one lady in history died in that, an Indian lady that accidentally stepped in there. That we know of. Yeah, and then the Mastodon and a couple of other things. It's pretty neat. I kind of miss L.A. sometime. I'd like to go back out there and I, see what's happening. I miss it vi- visiting-wise. I don't think I'd ever live there again. That was awful. No, no, I wouldn't want to live there. I do. I, I would like to go. Uh, it's pretty cool when you when you um, go up north and you're coming back down the 101 on the uh, highway right along the water, and then mm-hmm. you think about all the riders that got motivated by Ladies jumping off the cliff because they were in love and they got scorned. And then when you're coming down the five, hang on, especially in hang on, yes. What what books are you reading about dudes inspired by people jumping off of cliffs? I think there were like uh, ladies' books and, and guys' books that wrote those. It's like what was it, um, John Wells or oh, I forget Jane Jane something. It's those books that you see that are really thick at the library. And it looks like nobody's reading them, but the edges are all bent up. So somebody's in the corner reading them secretly. And usually girls read them because it talks about love forlorn. You know, I've been cast aside by little Jimmy and Timmy. (laughs) There's nothing in me that thinks, oh, yeah, this guy, he was inspired to write a book because he watched a person kill themselves and thought, man, that's love. Yeah, well, just like the one, um, (laughs) if you ever listen to Frankie Beverly, Frankie Beverly and Mays. And he talks about California. That's one of his songs. And he gets into the point where he says, this is California. And he sings it. And he says, the rolling hills tend to do something for you or to you, something like that. And the first time I went down the five, which was the interstate system north to south, from up around Seattle all the way down to um, Tijuana, um, I started looking at the, the, the grain blowing and the rolling hills, and I said, that's what inspired him. He was probably in that big motor coach heading to another show, and he looked out the window and said, the rolling hills tend to do something for you. <laughs> it's California. Frankie Beverly Amaze, an icon in the R&B arena. That would yes, be. Sir. California. Trying to find some peace of mind. That's Nike Beverly. And where you might, you might begin to see. That's it. To listen to the full. Here it is.
the rolling hills seem to do something for you. Yeah. Yeah. This is California. It seems Sweet. meant to be looked on by for you. <clears throat> yeah. Frankie Beverly. Never heard of him. Frank. But I like that song. Oh, that man. good. This is California. And see, there was another dude that talked about California. What was he? What did he sing? California Highway or something like that. But uh, yeah, Frankie did that. And Frankie's Frankie's older now. He's probably in his 80s now. He's still doing his own shows. And um, but you can tell that, you know, the years have beat him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. They do to everybody. They get. You. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how strong you are, they're going to get you. Oh, yeah. Frankie Beverly and Mays. Well, we used to, I used to run with the. Uh, the tramps. Mm-hmm. I used to when when I used to run up into Washington State. For some reason, they had a lot of shows up that way back in the day, and uh, the Tramps, that was a singing group. They had a little raggedy boss. They barely could make it up the hills <laughs> back then. You know, it was always funny. You could stick with them guys. The guys had the new coaches. You could not stick with them. <laughs> yeah, they got on that left lane. They were gone. But uh, the Tramps, and then we had um, Ron Banks and the Dramatics. I ran across them. Um, Never ran across Teddy Pendergrass, those guys. Walked into uh, Johnny Taylor one night in Senatoba, Mississippi, <laughs> at a little dinky 76 truck stop. I had a load of dirt going up to Cleveland, so I was just sitting there waiting. But uh, Johnny Taylor, I talked to him in 1998, and he told me, he said, man, he says, I told him, I said, I enjoyed your music. He said, he's been blessed. And I think he died two years later. He was 65 but he had a hard, uh, exciting life. But all those guys, pretty much, they started out singing, you know, gospel, and then they moved on to secular because it was more money. Yeah. You know, so you got to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. Got to do. What That's you right. Do. Let's see. One final question. One final question yes. for those listening at home. Let's see. Um, what was the most challenging part of raising children? The challenging part is keeping you guys focused on the positives and keeping you away from the negative craziness that, you know, a lot of kids tend to follow the sheep. They'll follow the rest of the herd, whatever they're doing. If they want to get in trouble, we can do it too. And you guys were, you know, we, we had to maintain the fact that we were Flemings and we don't do stupid stuff, you know, and um, you, you take pride in what you do. You take care of your teachers we were, I think we were ex, uh, really excited to see that when um, you guys were at school, the teachers knew you, the teachers liked you. It's not like when we showed up, it's like, oh, God, here, that little monster needs to get out of this room. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they never did that. And, and even today, we, I can go back and sit down at the county seat to get something to eat and run into teachers. And they're like, you know, you guys had some of the best students that we ever had. If we could have cloned you, you know, so watch out. They might be trying to get some serum off you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that that was a, a, a wonderful achievement to see everybody come out. You didn't necessarily have to go to college, but everybody did go to school. And that's a big plus. I mean, when you think about daddy, when you think about grandpa, when you think about Goggy and um, uh, grandma, you know, yeah. Mabel. And and when you go back to even big mama and, and Uncle Buck, uh Uncle Buck born in, you know, 1896 and Big Mama in 1899 and the challenge that they had. And here we come along and we elevated it by maintaining, you know, positiveness. And that's what upsets me a lot when I 
I look at the YouTube or I look at TV and I see kids cleaning out a FedEx truck. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute now. Well, he's doing it because he hurts. Yeah, and then the poor FedEx driver is traumatized. Now, he can never go back to work, probably. He has to go into some sort of counseling so he can even get back in the truck. It's terrified him so much. So not only do you interrupt a bunch of lives by stealing their stuff, but you interrupt the one guy that, that was delivering the packages that, you know, got to where they supposed to go and made people happy. But uh, when I see that, I'm like, I'm so glad that, you know, not saying you never would, but that you didn't get involved in the craziness like that. You didn't run with the pack. You were your own person. You used your own brain. And hopefully, it's just like when I went in the store the other day to buy a set of shoes. You know, I'm in the Red Wing store, and the guy says, aren't you Nate's dad? I said, yeah. He said, man, man, how's he doing? How's his music? How's his comedy? Said, he's doing wonderful. May not be where he wants to be, but he's getting there, you know. I'll, I'll give you some jokes one day, and I'll help motivate your career. No, I want to <laughs> be good at comedy. Afraid not. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. I can't believe you just pulled that on me. <laughs> if I could reach through this screen, I swear, I'd grab you by the scruff of your neck. <laughs> but you know what they used to say back toward Christmas? If if and buts were fruits and nuts, we'd all be we'd very all merry. <laughs> I don't know if we'd be really merry because Mary walked out one time. <laughs> what is it? I'll, I'll, stomp, I'll stomp you into molasses? What is it? No, that's what Gaki said. God, when Uncle Drek was going to hit one of us, and she said, Drexel, it, is, it was D-R-E-X-E-L. And a lot of people call him Dexter, <laughs> but his name was Drexel, Drexel Taylor. Really cool dude. Uh, worked on cars most of his life. And toward, toward uh, the latter years of retirement, he was on the farm tractor. And Mr. Sanderson said, go get that rat, Dexter. And he jumped off the combine, and the combine <laughs> caught him, and it run him over and messed his legs up. But, um, yeah, when one time he was going to hit us with his cane, and Goggy said, you know, if Dexel, if you take that cane and touch now one of my grandchildren, see, black people talk different, now one. Now one. If you touch now one of them grandchildren, she said, I'll take that cane and beat you to a slow grade. <laughs> we were looking forward to that because we hadn't eaten that day, and we said, you know, beat him to a slow gravy, we'll stop him up. Yeah, you, ha you hadn't eaten because Aunt Hattie threw the uh, spaghetti on the wall. Spaghetti on the wall. <laughs> and they'll get pissed about that story. I'm probably the only one that kill still remembers all that craziness. Aunt Hattie was a very unique lady, though. Well, that's that's if uh, they listen. So you should be good. Yeah, I should be okay. But yeah, she she was she was hardcore, but uh, she was probably the nicest aunt that I ever had. The the thing that I remember about her is she would get her plate of food, she would eat some of it, and then complain that it was cold and get it sent back. That was at the restaurants. Mm -hmm. At the restaurants, yeah, yeah. all the time. <laughs> Every, time. Every time you could count down, <laughs> she'd she'd have her fill. And then say, mm, this is cold. You send it back. I do not eat cold food. Well, you weren't eating your food anyway. You just you stopped eating. And then you argue with the manager. Been talking. So you get it for free. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, you know, game, game recognized game. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, I think that's a, that's a closer for us for today. Very cool. Well, Enjoyed this. And um, Turkey Day is coming up. Turkey Day is coming up. <laughs> we, we might go live on Turkey Day. How about that? That sounds like a winner. I'll, I'll yeah. hook something up. We can go live, do a video, everything. Okay. Okay. And we'll watch it snow down in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Good old Port St. Lucie. Hopefully no snow will come in on the shore. <laughs> it's been raining for the past three days straight. I know. It's a little wet down there. Yeah. It's not bad. It's overcast. It feels like a northern winter. Just without the cold. And I think the heavy rain's going to hit up in the northeast, you know, for Long Island yeah. and Pennsylvania. They're going to 
catch it. Yep. Excuse I'm me. I'm going to catch it. All right, Nate. All right, Dad. Well, we enjoyed it. That was fun. It was a good one. Had a wonderful night. I'll download this one.